0: Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. The gospel is being preached to the ends of the earth. And I get excited. I don't know about you, but when I see that building being done, it's kind of saying that the name of Jesus is going to be in that place. In that place. Wow. Love it. Love it. Well, this week, um, I've been kind of feeling a little bit older this week, a little bit older Wens. You've got to go, ah, oh, ah. Oh. So you can, I haven't got glasses quite, but keep cleaning your glasses, it's all right. But I'm feeling a little bit older. Okay, the, the kids have gone back to school. Okay, kids have gone back to school. And it's the word that I've been dreading for a long time with Rosie, taking her back to school. Rob, I had the word this week. We were walking up to school, we still hold hands, all right? We still hold hands. And she looked up at me, and she said, just wait at the gate. Where were you this morning? She said, Sophia, just wait at the gate, she said. And I thought, I'm thinking of a title for my message. My title could have been wait at the gate, all right, today. Wait at the gate, Kezia. That's what she said. She said, just watch me as I go. But you can wait here, she said. So I'm like. (sighs) <sighs> oh, I've been waiting, for, I've been, it's been coming, I know it's been coming for a while. And it happened this week, and so she ran in, she's all arms and legs running, and she looks back and she waved, and I was like, oh, that's it, that's still, still good. And then when I picked her up, she said, still just wait at the gate. She's like, if you want to, wait down by the bus stop. She goes, honest too, wait down by the bus stop. And I held my hand out, Leanne, to hold her hand, and she went, we only do that in the mornings now, she said. Don't do that in the evenings. Oh, that's, that was Monday. Oh, my goodness me. That was Monday. Wait at the gate, she said. Oh, heartbroken. Wednesday. I go out for a run, Wednesday. In the morning, I've got to try and switch off somehow, preaching on a side. I've got to try and have some kind of rest and relaxation. So I go for a run for some rest and relaxation. <laughs> I can still do that, just about. And I passed Helen and Vicky's mum. They were walking through, did she say? Yeah. yeah? I passed them. And as I run around to the front of Saltram, the footpath was closed. I thought, like, oh, my goodness, the footpath. So I had to retract my steps, go back. And I could see them in front of me. And they were like, oh, it's you again, is it? And I said, yeah, you're walking quicker than I'm running, I said to them. And as I finished my run, I had to do extra. I did six and a half miles in the end. And I haven't run for a month so wednesday evening you might have noticed me and rob weren't in the life meeting wednesday we were backsliding in torquay weren't we we were in the wrong <laughs> we were in the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> no well, and as i, I took rob a grace to see rob said yeah you can drive us so i thought i'll be a chauffeur i'll drive you to torquay it was good when we got there got out the car went to walk you thought oh Oh, me me knee, me hip, six and a half miles running. This fella here saw it and thought, here's my chance. He's like, come on, we're late. We We had to park quite far away, didn't we, from the church. So on Wednesday, he's giving me grief, saying I can beat him walking. And I'm there hobbling along, thinking, hang on, trying to catch up with him. It was all downhill and then you said, come on, we'll do it uphill on the way, but I was gonna pick you up, wasn't I? Yeah, you but you know. were like, nah, that's walk it, because he knew I was suffering. <laughs> so that was Wednesday. Oh, I'm feeling alright now today, I'm feeling okay today. <laughs> but then Friday, two days later, I had a dentist appointment. <laughs> we all love dentist appointments, don't we? <laughs> we love dentists, don't we, Steve? We love them. Okay can't get one. Yeah, I know. Well, I got one, for, annoyingly. I know some of you would love one, but I got one, and when I went in, they were looking, and you know when they do the, ah, uh, they do the old, yeah, and I'm thinking, how much is this going to cost? So they had to take an x-ray, and when they took the x-ray, this is a new dentist, quite a young, she, they're looking young now, aren't they? And they about... Sort of 15 years old, a dentist, I'm thinking, are you a dentist, what's the rules on asking them for like, you know, kind of like a, a, a card to say you're an actual dentist, you know. And she looked at me and she went, well, you've got two options, she said, and I was like, yeah, how much is this going to cost? And I'm thinking, I'm getting older. And she looked and she said, it's one of your wisdom teeth at the back. She said, it's starting to decay. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's, thank you very much for that. People have been telling me for a while my well, wisdom's starting to decrease. <laughs> so when I told Jo, she said, I might have to trade you in for a newer model, she said. I'm thinking that's the sort of thing you would say, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. So my teeth are starting to fall out now. She said we've got two options. We can either extract it or we can refill it. So I said that one, refill, <laughs> refill it. That would be good. But she said it's still alive. She said, do you feel this? She said, tell me if you feel it. And I'm thinking, do I want to tell you if I feel it or not? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, you're never quite sure, are you? So I said, yeah, I can feel that. And she said, that's a good thing, she said. She said, that means your tooth is still alive. And I said, well, as long as it's still alive, keep it in my mouth. Keep it in my mouth if it's still alive. And I want to tell you today that you are alive. Amen. 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 You are alive. Some people may be saying you're decaying, you're getting older, you're not as good as you used to be, and may not look as good as you used to be. But I don't want to tell you, while there's still life and breath within your body, you're alive. Yeah. You're alive. Many an old tune, fiddle on played on an old instrument. There you yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. It's arping on. Again. Arping on. <laughs> I gave him a ring this week. <laughs> Oh dear. Here we go, come on. See, so when those things happen this week, God said to me, How are you handling it? Yeah. How are you handling those things? Because I don't like the dent, and when those things kick in, it kind of make, oh that's so now I've got to have this filling done on my wisdom tooth in a few weeks' time. And it's like, it just hangs over your head, doesn't it? It's like a bad cloud, like a rainy cloud where you're doing something and you think, oh yeah, or something I've got to be fearful about, or something I've got to be annoyed about, or something that's just hanging out. It's horrible, isn't it? But what do you do when those situations kick in? <laughs> like when the kids go to college or uni, you know, it's the next stage of your life, isn't it? Yeah. It's not a nice place sometimes when your season changes. You think, how do you handle that? When life's moving on, when there's a new season, how are you handling that? You can be saying, what's my identity? Now with Rosie, I'm thinking, I've got nobody to hold hands with now as I walk to school. (laughs) (laughs) But when things like that happen, things that we don't necessarily choose, things that we don't choose in our lives, well, how do you handle that when you don't choose it? I never chose for my wisdom tooth to be decaying. It just happens. I didn't choose it. I wouldn't want that. Nobody wants that. And that's what I love about the queen. See, the queen never chose her life. <coughs> she was born into it. But when I hear of whether you're, whatever your thoughts are on the queen, she still lived a life of dedication yeah. to the cause. Yeah, she was dedicated and committed. Yeah. And when she, in her coronation, I believe, she said, I am giving my life to this role. Yeah. When she didn't choose it. She made that decision early on to dedicate herself, be committed, be the best she could be. And what an example for myself. And hopefully for you in hearing this is to say, when we don't choose things that we would want, how do we handle it? How do we respond to it? Do we be the best that we can be? Do we still dedicate ourselves? Do we still commit ourselves to the faith? She committed herself with yeah. kindness, a mother's heart of yeah. compassion and care, yeah. not just for her family, but for the world, yeah. the Commonwealth. Yeah. And you see, I'm, 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 I'm sensing whether as I talk to people, and yeah, I talk to people, Christians, non-Christians, had some pastorals, working hard <laughs> on a Monday morning when I'm not running. But there's a there's a there's a sense of, of of toughness. There's a there's a sense, I believe, of of kind of an anxiousness, not not just from, from worldly what we would say, people that don't know Jesus, but also from Christians. In a time of being unstable, this is, these are the words that I've heard over the past season. It, it's, I'm being tired. I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm weary. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed, I'm exhausted, I'm, I'm, I'm drained. These are the sort of words that I've been hearing and I'm sure some of you have as well. So how do we handle that? Those words there, they're just from a team meeting from me and Rob on a Monday morning, those. <laughs> because we're not exempt, do we? That's how we felt after Wednesday night, wasn't it? <laughs> but on a tie, it's real. When you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling like life is tough, when you're feeling like things are are unstable in that many people, even with the queen dying, people will be feeling a, a state of unstableness. That she's been a constant. You can feel unstable. So what do we do? If you turn to John 14... Please, we're going to look, because this is the, the word that, that God gave me for this morning. It's, it's not normally the type of thing that I, I preach or speak, but it's this this word, peace. And I'm, I'm the first to admit, I'm not a, I'm not a teacher. Okay, you've probably recognised that. Okay, what do you mean, no? <laughs> you didn't have to be so quick about it. I said, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a teacher. No, you're not. You're definitely not. Oh, thank you, brother, for your encouragement. You know what somebody said to me the other day, and they won't mind me saying it. They said, when you preach, they said, you move around so much, you make me feel sick, they said. And I'm like, well, bless you too. You make me feel sick. I can say that because I... Eh? Hey? I wasn't going to give you I, wasn't gonna give you, um, I was going to keep you anonymous. We got that relationship woman. I said, bless you, Julie. <laughs> so, but she kind of said, you make me feel sick, she said. I was like, that's the pain? How do you deal with that? <laughs> oh, dear. John 14. This is what Jesus said. And truly, I want to declare that over you as well, specifically. John 14, uh, 20, 25, 25. It says this, a couple of verses. Jesus is speaking, it's red letters. Jesus is speaking, so we need to hear what he's saying. This is Jesus talking. He said, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Jesus is, is speaking to his disciples and he's telling them that he's about to go away. He's about to ascend. He's gonna die, rise again and go to heaven. So he's trying to explain to them gently that he's gonna believe in them at some point. And this is what he says in verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things, bring to you remembrance all things that I said to you. So here are the, the disciples would have been in an anxious place. Okay, he would have been in an anxious place. Here, they're knowing that Jesus is going away. They've spent three and a half years with him while he's teaching, while he's doing miracles, while he's bringing life and changing people's lives around. Then he's saying, you're going to be doing this. And if you're anything like me, I would be an absolute nervous wreck. I'd be thinking, well, it's okay, Jesus, when you're here, but when you go, how am I supposed to remember things you did three years ago? As I'm getting older, I can't remember what I did yesterday sometimes. So this is the the, the situation that the disciples would have been in. We can relate to them, can't we? And so Jesus is trying to encourage them. And he says, the helper, the Holy Spirit. Do you know that is who the Holy Spirit is? He's our helper. He's our helper. But for some of you, you're not letting him help. He's the helper. But when we get into some strife and we get into some trouble, I recognize that some Christians that I deal with are saying they're not letting the helper help. But today, Jesus is saying to you, let him help. The Holy Spirit is saying to you, let me help you. I'm your helper. In verse 27, Jesus says these beautiful words. He says, peace, I leave you. (laughs) Truly peace, I leave you. And he says, my peace, I give to you, Darrell. Jesus says, peace I leave you, but then he says, my peace I give to you. But not as the world gives. Not as the world gives. See, the world gives peace on a circumstantial basis. It's based on circumstances. Jesus says, not as the world gives peace. Where well, the world, when I say the world, people that don't, don't know Jesus, and often in my own life, even when I've known Jesus, when times have hurt hard, I can run. I can quit. I can give up. People in the world, very often, and we know this, is they'll self-medicate. Or they'll get medication. That's, they'll say, oh, that's the peace I need. Not as the world gives. They'll, they'll maybe go to comfort in an idol or whatever it may be, other than Jesus. But Jesus says, the peace I give you is not as the world gives. And then he says this, he says, let let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, Mo. Let not your heart be troubled. so what Jesus is saying there is there's, there's a, a, a place where we can actually let it be. <laughs> yeah, you've seen that. We can actually let it be troubled. We can let it be afraid. But Jesus is saying today, don't let it be, because my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. It's a gift. The peace that Jesus gives us is a gift, it's yours. And so my title today, Dave, have you you got some, you haven't got anything scribbled? Oh, there it goes. You don't have to scribble. But it's this, it says, it's my peace, so I'm keeping it. That's the title, okay, today. It's my peace, come on, you say it. Say, it's my peace, so I'm keeping it. Oh, my goodness. Wens! I think you had a better response doing worship, didn't you? (laughs) Only just. said, it's my peace. Jesus says, my peace I give you, Trevor. He's given you his peace. So what I'm saying today, Jill, is it's my peace that Jesus has given me. It's a gift. And he says, it's my peace I'm giving you, so I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. The word peace there that Jesus is speaking is the Greek word Irene. Come on, Irene. No, that's not that one, is it? That's Eileen, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, That is showing me age. Be quiet, you. Irene. And this is, a, this is a wonderful... I want you to catch this if you're taking notes. I want you to catch this. Because this word Irene here means to bind... Or join together that which has been separated or divided. Woo! Got to stay still for this. I don't want to make you sick. <laughs> Irene. It means to bind together or join together that which has been separated or divided, making it one again. Making it one again, Rob. Making it one again. See, we get the common expression. This is where it comes from. Having it all together. Have you heard that one? They said, oh yeah, well, they've got it all together. It's all right for them. They've got it all together. That's where this phrase comes from. Peace. It's a, it's a, it's a, a notion of saying, binding or joining together that which has been divided. What a picture for Jesus to be leaving his disciples. In fear, in turmoil, in, 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 in stress of thinking, God, you're leaving me. How am I supposed to cope? Anybody felt like that before? Yeah. How am I supposed to deal with this when you lose a job? How am I supposed to cope? How am I supposed to move on when the kids have moved on and now I'm looking saying, there's an empty net. What about me? No one to hold our hands with. When life moves on, how do I cope? And Jesus here is telling his disciples, Get the, the notion of what Jesus is trying to get across here. the assurance that the Holy Spirit is coming as a helper, but not just that. He says that one day we will soon be joined together. We will be Irene. <laughs> Come on, Irene. <laughs> Join together, make him one again. Even though I'm leaving," Jesus says, there's soon coming a day when we will be joined together. And that's for you and me as well, Richie. That today we can know and be assured that Jesus promises he's coming back and we will be joined together so we can have peace. We can have peace, Alison. Love what you did last week. Love what you did. Hold on to that. It's precious what Jesus is doing in your life. And I pray as you've you've got an interview Tuesday, haven't you? But that peace be upon you for Tuesday, knowing that God has you in his hand. You are joined together now with one. He's made you one again. And as you go in that interview, be assured knowing that whether you get it or not, Jesus is for you. And he doesn't withhold any good thing from you. So if the job's meant to be yours, it's yours already. You just go in there and be yourself and smile. And God will do the rest. That word, Irene, make him one again, There's coming a day when what is divided will be joined together. I want to tell you, that word, if, you, if you, you're aware of what's going on around the, the world through not just social media, but I read some comments even this week about the Queen's stuff, and people are just so divisive. I don't get it. I don't get why we're so divisive, and this is even Christians. Being divisive, you know, that's the ploy of the enemy, It's to be divisive, to divide people. That's what he's always tried to do. But as Christians, it's our duty through Christ to say, hey, we are blessed are the peacemakers, even more the peacekeepers. We're called to be peacekeepers. But how divisive, you see? It's it's an enemy's tactic. John, you know this well, isn't it? Divide and conquer, isn't it? It's been used for many years through the centuries. And spiritually, it's the same. The enemy knows if he can divide us, then he'll conquer us. And so today, we need to be, there's a blessing in unity, isn't there? And this is what Romans says. Paul goes further. He actually tells us to avoid divisive people. Romans 16, have a look at it when you get back. I'm set your homework for a while, have I? <laughs> have a look. Paul actually says, avoid divisive people. And you say, well, that's unloving. But Paul says, avoid them because those who cause offense, because they're not in the spirit of Jesus, they're, they're acting out of selfish motivation. Yeah. Avoid them. Yeah. See, this piece here, it's not just for freedom from trouble. That Jesus is talking about. See, we often think, oh, I don't want any trouble in my life. It's not about just avoiding trouble. You know, Sam talked in the prophecy about it won't be necessarily based on a change of circumstances. See, we want Jesus to say, come and change all of our circumstances to make it nice and easy. So we can kind of walk the easy road, like the road you had in Mexico, the easy road. Not very easy looking, but (laughs) the easy road. But sometimes we just want an easy life. But that's not what Jesus called us to. He said, you will have trouble. It will be tough, but don't be afraid. Be a good cheer. Because I've left you my peace. I've left you my peace. So it's not just freedom from trouble, but it implies that it is everything that makes good for a man or woman for his highest good. His highest good. God wants to do you good. And it says in Isaiah, it says in Isaiah 26, 33, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace, those whose mind is stayed on you. That's God. And truly, I declare that over you that when your mind is stayed set on God, he will keep you. He will keep you in perfect peace. You see, that when it says um, those whose mind there, it means they're a creative imagination. Your creative imagination, that's the translation. You know, we've got kind of, well, Rosie's certainly got a creative imagination. If you can hear her playing in, well, she still plays with her Barbies and that is great. Try and keep her off the iPad and phone and whatever. She's desperate. She always comes up, sort of like sidles up. She's like, can I go on your iPad? It's kind of like you just know that even before she's opened her mouth, you know what tone of voice it's going to be. Can I go on your... And it's kind of like, just go and play with your Barbies for a minute. Or, you know, if you hold my hand when we come home from school, then you can go on the (laughs) iPad, all right? If you let me come through the gate, then you can go on my... (laughs) No, we don't do bribery. That's not good. But our creative imagination, when it stayed on God, when it leans, when it rests, When it continues being firmly founded on the rock of ages, Christ Jesus, he will keep us in perfect peace. Because you say, how can I stay in perfect peace? Keeping your mind fixed on him. That's how you do it. Wendy said the other week, she mentioned about people saying, if you're too heavenly minded, you're not any earthly good, wouldn't it? Do you remember that? And I want to tell you, like Wendy said, unless you set your mind on things above, you won't be any earthly goods. And I like that. That's true. Unless we do that. What else do we need to do? Says that you need to you need to take your thoughts captive. Running through me notes here. So okay, I'm on again next next Sunday. But unless you take your thoughts captive, do you know what will happen? your thoughts will take you captive. Unless you take your thoughts captive, your thoughts will take you captive. It's good, isn't it? It's one of mine, that. Didn't even read that. Not even Spurgeon <laughs> or Wigglesworth. I'm sure I've heard it from somebody, probably Wendy. <laughs> it's got to be one of Wendy's. That's all right, I'm joking. Um, See, what does, that, what does that imply? We need sometimes some spiritual handcuffs on us. Some spiritual handcuffs that the, the implication there is interrogation. When a thought comes in, is to say, Where did you come from? Where did you come from, that thought? And to put spiritual handcuffs on it to take it captive. Because if you let your thoughts run wild and loose in your mind, they will end up driving you insane. If you let your thoughts run wild in your mind, you'll end up going insane. But Paul says in, in, in Philippians, he says this, Philippians 4, he says, Be anxious for nothing. But in prayer and request and thanksgiving, he says, Make your request known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard <laughs> Will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus. So I want to do something before we finish. I want to do something. I know it's 12 o'clock, but I need, and Trudy, I need you to come out. You're going to be our, our mind, okay? You're going to be our heart, okay? This is guarding your heart and mind, okay? And I've got one of Rosie's... And things, you need to hold that up, okay? So you need to stand there. That's your heart, okay? Oh, bless her. She's got a little heart there. Bless her heart. Bless her cotton socks. Okay. So now what we need, okay? We need, I need four kind of like big guards. Come on, Andy. We need someone to be a protective. This is guarding your heart and mind. Come on, Chris, you can be one. Come on, Chris. Uh, Charles, where's Charles? Come on, you can be a guard. Come on. And Pete Neal, come on, Pete, you can be a guard as well. Okay, so we've got our four guards here, all right? We've got our four guards. Now you've got to look imposing, all right? Little two, so you need to stand like in a... So one there, one there, like in a square. So you're protecting her, okay, like that. So one there, one there, one there, like that. Can you still see Trudy's heart, yeah? Okay, you're guards, all right? So you stand, yeah, that's it. You're kind of like that, okay? So protecting, okay? I feel really small. You feel really small. <laughs> I think we're really smart. <laughs> Just go with it, church, Right, Go with it. So, what it says in, in Philippians 4 here, when, when they're saying that they're going to guard your heart and mind, what's this what's say? So when it says, be anxious for nothing. And when you're anxious for nothing, God will give the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Now, I didn't have something to do, mind, but that can be your heart and mind, okay? <laughs> so... You say, well, how does that happen then? So Paul goes on in verse 8 of Philippians 4 and he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think on these things. Okay, think on things that are noble. So Julie Noble, I need you to come and help me. We're looking for someone that's noble, okay? Nobody better than to do this than Julie Noble. Dave, if you want to be involved in this, you can come up as well, okay? So here we go, we're thinking. So Trudy, you think Julie Noble, okay? Think Julie Noble, think Julie Noble. So you're a good thought, okay, because you're noble, okay, so you can come in here, okay, and you can be with Trudy, so back up, back up, you don't need a guard yet, okay, you're the guards, but you can let Julie in because she's good, you're thinking good things, noble things, okay, praiseworthy things, okay, noble there, it's got that um, thing of saying gracious and worthy, noble, things that are good, okay, so this is, you're thinking good things, okay, so you've let that in. OK, now we need a couple of scoundrels. <laughs> who feels like throwing a, a... Who feels like throwing a beach ball? Oh, you do. Just at just Charles, don't you? Come on, you can be... <laughs> Charles, you've got your work cut out here, OK? Right, my guards. You need to be guarding, OK? Who else wants to throw a beach You want to throw one at Chris, don't you? I know you do. <laughs> i throw it at Trudy. I'll hey, throw Trudy, then. It's a little bit flat. OK, so what I want you to do... Okay, now these are thoughts, these are bad thoughts. Boo. You're bad, okay? Yeah, let's boo and boo, boo. I wanted to boo you for a while. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all right, I feel protected, it's okay. But what you want you to see this the, the, the guards here, the peace of God has let in, truly has thought good things meditated on good things noble things praiseworthy things that has been let in now what happens is when bad thoughts come so when bad thoughts of high food prices or or things to to try and rob you of your peace of saying the queen's dog whatever it may be the kids are acting up where's my life going i'm feeling afraid i'm feeling anxious i've got this bill to pay i've got this to do when those things kick in in our lives and we feel that life is, is not moving anywhere, and life's not going anywhere, those are our bad thoughts. And what Paul says is to take those thoughts captive. Yeah. So when a few guys come up, you're the bad thoughts. So you can be whatever you want to be, make it personal to you. But as you are throwing accusations, you're the guards. Okay, you are the guards. So you protect and guard her. Don't hit her really, right? So, okay? So... <laughs> You've got to act like a guard to say you're not coming anywhere close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, they're pretend. Oh, that one sounded. It's flat, yeah, they're what supposed what? to be. <laughs> 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 so they can't get in. You're protected. Now, Charles, do you want to? <laughs> okay. All right. Get the. <laughs> You can go and sit down. You guys can stay here. Right, bad thoughts. You're taking captive, all right? We'll take you captive all the way back, all right? Uh, who thought bringing beach sports to the church would have been a good idea? <laughs> so those thoughts are literally protected. Literally, those thoughts guard your mind. So what it says here is that it's got the implication, Paul saying that literally peace... The peace of God. The peace literally becomes a military guard for your mind. That's what peace is. Do you see that? And what I was going to do is put a picture of it. We've all seen the queen lying in state, haven't we? And what's been noticeable with that is while she's been lying in state, there's been guards posted around her coffin. And that's what the implication here is, is that... God, through peace, peace guards your heart and mind. When you meditate on good things, that's how we do it. When you meditate on good things. Okay, you can go and sit down. Thank you. Good guards. Well done. But it's so important to remember that, isn't it? no sort of illustrations I know in my own life is I remember things like that visually to help to say the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. Amen. And I believe in this season that we need to know that more than ever. Yeah. That you need to know the peace of God in your heart. Amen. Proverbs 4 talks about, says guard your heart <laughs> with all diligence because out of your heart springs the issues of life. You see, a thought will come in. This is where it starts. Yeah. And then through your heart, you will act out by, by behavior. Yeah. That which you think. I can't remember who the guy, the theologian or the whatever. He says, as I, man th- or as I think, therefore I am. You might know that. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Descartes. Descartes, one of them. Yeah. He says, so I think and therefore I am. Yeah, the but the Bible says it as well. I know. He says, as a man yeah. thinks, so is he. So is he there you go, you can keep your day cut. (laughs) You're still doing that as you're talking. (laughs) But that's so true, as you think, so you are. So if you're thinking bad things, guess what? Eventually you're going to start acting out through your heart because it starts here, then it goes to your heart and then you act out, you start to believe that. when you know who you are in Christ and Wendy did such a great job the other Wednesday but who we are, our identity who we are in Christ is powerful when you meditate on good things the peace of God will guard it will stand there and it ain't letting anything through those guards there around the coffin they ain't letting nothing through it's serious business for your peace to keep you in perfect peace Perfect peace. Let's just stand, please, before... I'm Sorry, I ran over a little bit. But to keep you in perfect peace. See, it's, it talks in 2 Corinthians about... The, the battle that we face is not against flesh and blood. But it's against principalities, powers, strongholds... The powers of darkness. Yeah. So it says that our earthly weapons... It's not fleshly weapons that we use... You can't fight the heavenly, the, the spirit of the dark. Hey, you can't fight that with earthly weapons. But Paul says, he says, that there are mighty in God, the weapons that we've got. They are mighty in God. They have to be. It has to be heavenly weapons that we use. We can't use earthly weapons. It's like trying to fight a baby. If we're a toddler, you can't fight someone that's a big old unit. You can't fight Goliath. Well, you can. But in the natural, you can't fight with fleshly weapons. It has to be mighty in God. And it says there that when you take every thought of, into captivity, it says to the obedience of Christ. Knowledge, the knowledge of Christ. The obedient, being obedient. And Dave, can you put that picture up for me, please? Because I want you to see this. This is pow. And I want to tell you in the spiritual, you've seen the films or whatever of Batman where it's kapow and zap. And I want to tell you in the spiritual today, you can pow the enemy by thinking good things. Yeah. By having your mind focused on Christ. How do we do that? The P it says prayer. That's a that's a heavenly weapon. You say, how can I fight with things that are mighty in God? I want to tell you, prayer is mighty in God. Prayer is mighty in God for the bringing down of strongholds, it says. Casting down arguments and anything that raises itself against Christ Jesus is knowledge. Prayer is one of those five things that are mighty in God. So that's the P. The O is Obedience. When you're obedient, just being obedient is so... As I'm getting older, I'm realising just how important, just how precious that word is, obedient. And it's something that, again, isn't very palatable nowadays. We like to do our things our own way, but when we're obedient to Christ, it says, that is a mighty weapon in God for bringing down things that come against Him. And the W... Is worship, oh, worship, worship. Heaven fights for me, isn't it? Heaven, um, weapon, my m- melody. What's the um, razor hallelujah? It says that um, heaven comes to fight for me, but melody is my weapon, isn't it? Or some, yeah, yeah. my weapon is a melody. That's the one I was looking for. <laughs> my weapon is a melody mighty in God. Don't ever downplay the, the important part of worship. So we've got prayer, obedience and worship. Now that's an exhaustive list. There are many more, but when you put those three together, I want to tell you that you give the enemy a pow. Yeah. You can give him a good slap. Yeah. You can say, God guards my heart and my mind by prayer, by obedience and worship today. Let's just close our eyes as we, we come to a close. We're going to be... Maybe carrying on some of this again next week. But it's so important for you to know the peace of God this morning. That it's yours. It says, it's my peace and I'm keeping it. It's your peace. And by the grace of God, God guards your heart and mind today. That whatever this next season may bring for you, whether you're in a difficult season or whether there's a season to come at some point, I really pray today that you remember that illustration of saying that peace literally comes and guards your heart and your mind. But your responsibility today is to meditate on good things. It's to meditate on good things, of a praiseworthy account, of a good report, of being virtuous, kindness. As we do that, the peace of God stay. He keeps us. Those whose minds are stayed on him, set on him. And so, Lord, today as a, as a group of people, Lord, we, we give our hearts to you again. And for any of you this morning that a feeling that you haven't got peace, then I want you to maybe just even put your hands on your chest and say, God, I need the peace of God to come and reign and rule in my heart today. But if that's you, is to say, God, I need your peace. Jesus said, my peace I give you. If you need peace today, then simply ask, say, God, I'm asking you for your peace. Help me to recognise maybe some areas where I'm maybe even letting thoughts and imaginations come in. For you to understand, saying, hey, that may not be a good thing that you're looking at. Maybe that's not a good thing you're reading. Maybe that's not a good thing you're watching. To take every thought captive, saying, where are you coming from? But to say, today, Jesus, I need your peace. And God says, yeah, my peace, I leave you. When your heart and your mind is fixed on me. Lord, we need your peace today in this world. That through having peace, others may see your goodness, may look at our lives and say, how are you able to cope with that? It's all by the grace of God and the peace of God. Lord, that's our prayer today, is we give it to you, that you are for us and not against us, and that, Lord, we are in awe of you today, that we give you the glory we give you the glory today that you inhabit the praises of your people. We thank you, Jesus. Can you say Amen to that amen. this afternoon. <laughs> this afternoon, no, not more. But thank you, Jesus. Go in peace today. Go in that peace today. Let not your heart be troubled or afraid. Amen? Amen.